That's the reason I used to go overseas. I've been in a meeting in, in Russia where 500 people in a, all 500 people in the building got born again. All 500 came to the altar. I've been in Venezuela where every person in the building got up and walked to the front. Every person in the building. There was only like 100 and 150 people and they jammed up in there and they, and they started falling out in the power. Nobody fell down because they were stacked in there like cordwood. God was healing people. And now you understand, I used to love to leave this church and go someplace so I could feel like I was doing something. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. I want to stay on this. I pray that the Lord allows me to and talk about our role. Why are we here? So many people want the rapture to take place. I don't. Not yet. Too many people. Too many people that don't know the Lord. I read the book one time, 23 Minutes in Hell. And if I could say it, it scared the hell out of me. At the prospect of me going, I don't want to go to hell. Man, am I glad I'm not going to hell. But what about all the other people around us? At what point do we start caring that the people around us aren't going to make it. Folks, we have to start thinking. Justin, if you want to help her out and move that screen back over to the left a little bit, that'd be fine with me. Now let's read this, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Let's read it. If anyone is in Christ, he's a brand new creation, a brand new species of being. Old things have passed away and everything has become new. That's us, right? Now, all of these things are of God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That's every one of us in this room. You say, but I'm not called. Well, you are called to the ministry of reconciliation. You are called to people. You may not be an evangelist. You may not be a prophet. You may not be a teacher, but you still have a call of God on your life to go where he can't go. You are his hands. You are his feet. He's sending you out. And you're meeting people every day I'll never meet. You're meeting people I will never know. Now, let's read this because I love this scripture right here. It says, um, and all of these things are of God who reconciled us to himself through Jesus and gave us, I say, the same ministry that he had. That is, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. Not imputing. When Jesus walked this earth, how many good people were there? None. Wasn't anybody any good. How did he treat the harlots? Listen, I understand God don't like, uh, he don't like sin. He, God never has liked sin. Sin's what separates us from God. But he loved the lady, he, the woman at the well, five husbands, and yet, at, yet he treated her with dignity. He treated her with love. When they when he found the woman caught in adultery, where was the man? Apparently she was alone. Maybe it was another Pharisee. We don't know why they decided not to bring the guy. They brought her to Jesus. What do you have to say? She, listen, he's the only one that could judge her. And he sat down and he wrote in the dirt. What was he writing? I think he was writing their names and all that they were doing. Bob, lying, cheating, stealing Bob. Zacharias, adultery with 
the lady next to them. And they're reading and going, oh, crap. <laughs> and then when they all left, he said, where are your accusers? She said, none, Lord. Neither do I. Tell me something. When a person is dead in sin, what good is it? You can't, you walk in a morgue and pull a dead body out and say, if you'll straighten up, we'll let you out of here. They don't straighten up, folks. Sinners sin. But God loves, I'm going to say something right now. This is going to make you mad. He loves Democrats. He loves Muslims. He actually loves Antifa. And he loves rhino Republicans. Now that's kind of hard. Nobody said that we agreed with them. But why do you think they act the way they act? Because they're sinners. And God does not want them to go to hell. And do you know why he left the church here? To reconcile this world. Now I had the great joy I haven't pastored all my life. I've only pastored a small part of it. But before I came here, I've worked in a lot of places. Did you know that almost everywhere I have ever worked, I have led people to the Lord? Because God put me as a light in their world. And I have met some flowery people. I'm not talking about hippies either. I have met some real winners that came to Jesus just because I was there. You know, every question you ask me leads back to Jesus. I don't care whether it's football. We're going back to Jesus somewhere. Amen. Now let's finish reading this because this is huge. God, verse, verse 19, God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, Jesus didn't even do it and has committed to us the word, I say the same word of reconciliation that Jesus preached. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Let me tell you what you don't do when you're around a sinner. Bring up all their sins. Do you understand that everybody out there knows they're wrong? That's why you can't get them to come to church. They don't want to come hear about sin. They already feel bad enough as it is. They're under condemnation. They don't want to come into a church and feel worse. While we're worshiping God, they're standing there and they don't know God. And they're hearing a Bible they can't live. Not that they don't live it, they can't live it. They don't know why either. You're trying to get them to come to church. Why don't you get them born again and then get them into church? Boy, that's good preaching. So God was in Christ reconciling the world and has given to you and I the exact same ministry Jesus had of reconciliation. Do you know there's a song in the world called What the World Needs Now is Love, Sweet Love. Listen, if you don't know what to say, why don't you just love them anyway? Why don't you just love them? 
Because you're going to give them something they're not getting at home or anywhere else. They don't need damnation. They're already under damnation. I'm going to tell a few stories this morning. Some of them I need to tell over and over and over again. It says, now that we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading with you through me on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. For him who knew no sin, Jesus, was made sin that you might be reconciled back to God. Back when I first got born again, I was working at a place called Certain Teed. And uh, I had just gotten saved. And there was a young man that worked there. He came to work there. And I'm not being ethnic. I'm just going to tell you that I've talked to every ethnic. So if I use a color of skin, please don't get mad at me over it. I'll talk about Spanish, I'll talk about Mexicans, I'll talk about black people. Well, this was a young man from up in the Boston area, and he would arrive at work every morning on a Harley Sportster. Not one time did I ever see him wear a coat. And I thought, this guy's an idiot. And I'm going to tell you this, he was a complete jerk. You ever meet people like that? They just, this boy had one bad attitude. And so I prayed one day that God would either kill him or get him out of the, from around me because I didn't like him at all. One day the Lord said to me, if you knew him, you wouldn't pray that way. I said, well, excuse me. <laughs> you meet people with attitudes. I mean, just attitude. I mean, you say something nice to them and they bite your head off. Like, kill him, Jesus. Just smoke him right here. Just turn him into a Calbisa sausage. Just get him out of here, God. He's a mess. And the Lord said, you know, this young man that you are praying about, did you know his mother and father died when he was a baby in a car crash? Did you know his aunt took him in and his aunt had lots of kids and he slept on the living room couch all of his life? Do you understand that when she got tired of him, she kicked him to another relative? He said, son, this boy's been kicked from pillar to post all of his life. Never had a bedroom, never known his parents, and all he's ever experienced is how. And now you want me to smoke him. I said, please forgive me. And then the Lord said, do you notice he doesn't have a coat? And I went, that's stupid. He said, you have two. Bring him one. I went, really? This is a guy that I don't like, but God loves. So I went home and I had an old army coat, the kind that had a liner in it and a hood on it. And I brought it to work and I walked up and I said, I noticed you didn't have a coat. And his response to me was, I don't want your charity honky. Now, y'all know what a honky is? Honky's when a white person's picking up a black maid and he can't get out of the car and go get her so he honks a horn. Did y'all know that? That's, that's, that's where that turned. Oh, hey, honky, get out of the car and knock on the door. Anyway, so anyway, he's, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not getting a good response out of him. And I looked at him, I got a coat in my hand, and I looked at him and I said, um, the Lord told me about you. He said, what did the Lord tell you? I said, well, I didn't know you lost your mom and dad. I didn't know you were raised by your aunt. I didn't know how hard it was. And I said, and I need to apologize to you because I have not been nice to you. And I ask you to forgive me. He took the coat 
and he began to weep. And it was so cold out that day that the, the tears on his cheeks froze. You see, he had never met love. And I didn't preach the gospel. I just gave him love. Then we talked about the Lord, and him and I became good friends. Come on, y'all. See, God's sending us out in the world, in a world he loves. And here I was saved by grace through faith, not of myself. I was a jerk when God met me, and now I'm running around judging people already. God had mercy on me. Why was I not having mercy on other people? Because I'd already started going to church and hanging around Christians. Don't shout me down. You know that your, your friends aren't coming in here. They don't want to come in here. Boy, I'm doing a better job than y'all. Amen. And go to Romans chapter 3. What is the gospel? What is it? Look at verse 21. Now the righteousness of God apart from law. That means that you could be made righteous apart from keeping law. Now, the Jews did not know that. You realize that when God Almighty walked the shores, they rejected him. That's huge. Don't think everybody's going to like you either. If they, don't even, if they can't even get along with the perfect God, they certainly aren't going to get along with an imperfect you and me. But now look at this. It says, now the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How many people? All of them. Everybody you know outside of Jesus is headed to hell. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one gets to the Father but by me. No, no, no amount of work, no amount of being good, no amount of humming and Hare Krishna or college education will make you any better. All you are is a polished up heathen. Now, one of the things that shocks us right now is that we're watching Satan's family in the earth, and you're shocked that they act so much like the devil. And they will continue to Unless someone gets them born again. So what am I saying? Listen to me. When do we start praying over Biden? When do we pray over Putin? Don't shout me down. When do we pray over your in-laws and outlaws and your knucklehead grandchildren? When, when do we start praying for people who don't have any, without Jesus, they're not going to make it. And they don't know. They don't know. Be merciful. Love people that aren't lovely. God loved you and you weren't lovely. Pass it on, guys. Come on. So without Jesus, they're not going to make it. And all the questions, no matter what, no matter what a person says to you, what argument they want to get into, the answer's Jesus. Not, don't start, don't get into debates with people. So I'm going to tell you a story right now. I got a friend named Gray Bennett. And he was my best friend growing up. And when I got born again, he wasn't saved. I couldn't get him to talk about Jesus unless he was about half drunk. 
Now, you understand that a beer is not changing a sinner into a sinner. Well, that was real weak. Worry about someone drinking who's going to hell. Let them have all the beer they want. See, some of y'all too religious. You just, you're over there hollering at your kids because they're living in sin. Well, they're living in sin because they're a sinner. They're just being a real good devil is what they're being. At least they're good at what they do. So Gray Bennett would never, he would never talk about Jesus until he was about stewed. And one day we're sitting at his table and he'd had one beer too many. And he wants to talk about Christianity because that's what's really bothering him. So he fires the big question. What do you you think about Oral Roberts stealing all that money from women? I said, well, Gray, um, is stealing wrong? Well, hell yeah, stealing's wrong. And Oral Roberts is going to hell. I said, uh, have you ever stolen? He goes, yeah. I said, well, it looks like you're going to hell. And he goes, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess I never thought about that. The issue is not oral. The issue is you. Let's sit there and argue about with a man about tithing who's not saved. Shut up. He ain't never going to tithe you. You're not going to get them to give up their money when they ain't saved. Stop it. You're not going to get them in church if they're not saved. You're not going to get them to turn into nothing if they're not saved. You're going to have to let Jesus turn them into a saint. You're going to have to share Jesus with these people. They think that you're here to condemn them. They're already under damnation. They don't need any more damnation. What they need is grace and mercy. And if a God is a good God, they need to start seeing a good God when they see you. Back to my buddy Gray. Let me tell you something. One year I came up after he got born again. I finally led him the Lord, got him born again, filled with the Holy Ghost. He said later, he says, you know, all these years we've been friends. He said, I have a confession to make to you. He said, I hated to see you come. I said, well, that don't make me feel very good. He said, because every time I saw you, I realized where I could be if I knew God. He said, you bothered me, always happy, always praising the Lord, always being kind to me. You think that helped get, you better believe it did. He said, yeah, but, but I always liked it when you left and you always brightened my week. I didn't come in there telling him to quit drinking and quit smoking dope and drinking beer and chasing wild women. He's already going to hell, I don't need to help him. Just went over there and just, and just loved on him. If he asked me a question, I would answer it. Well, he didn't do that until he was stewed. But he ended up getting born again. And I got to tell you this, even though he got born again, it didn't live right for a while. And one day the Lord spoke to him in audible voice. Gray, get your life right. Scared the mud out of him. And he said, get Daryl up here. And I'm at home and the Lord said, go deer hunting. I'm going, yeah. I shot a spike. I said, God, you brought me up here for a spike? You wanted me to go deer hunting for a spike? I mean, I thought you could do better than that. And I'm breaking away camp and Gray comes down and rolls a log up and says, well, 
God didn't send you up here, deer hunt, send you up here for me. I want to get right with God. I stopped and realized why God sent me to Georgia. And we sat on a log and got grave filled with the Holy Ghost. He started listening to Dwayne Sheriff. He got on fire for God. He'd put on his brand new red wing boots and his brand new docker dicky pants and a brand new white t-shirt. That's a Sunday go to meeting clothes. Put in his pickup truck and head to church with his Bible. And sit in church and weep like a baby. And then at 50 years of age, he's standing in the woods and fell over dead. He'd had diabetes, type 2, type 1, type 1 diabetes all of his life. And he killed over and went to be with Jesus. I had just left and went back and did his funeral for him. But tell you what, he's waiting on me there. But see, I'm just saying that because who else is going to reach him? If I didn't reach him, he wouldn't have got reached. There's been a lot of people that God's placed me in their life. I want to tell you a couple more before we get out of here today. But listen, he's got people in yours. And you and I need to start thinking seriously about the people that God has you around. That we need to start praying God wants you to ask him for them. Please open a door for me to share the gospel with these people. Let me, let me, let's go there. Romans, Romans um, uh, I think it says, verse 24, being made righteous freely by grace through redemption. God said as a propitiation, the mercy seat by his blood through which by faith to demonstrate his righteousness because of his forbearance, God passed over the sins previously committed. God's not holding the sins of the world against him. We're going to get into that. To demonstrate at the present time his righteousness. That he might be righteous or just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Now go with me now. Um, I don't want to get into that. Romans 3, 9 through 20 is the condition of a sinner. There is none righteous. None understands. None seeking God. Everyone turned aside. Everyone unprofitable. Not one. Everyone. That's every person who's lost. Are they seeking God? No. They don't know to seek God. So let's stop here for a minute. Let me explain something to you. How do they come to God if they don't even know to seek him? Somebody prays for them. Heavenly Father, we've got family members that don't know you, and I'm asking you to draw them to yourself. I'm asking you to give them light right now. You died in their place. You took their their place, but they don't know it. They don't understand. I'm asking you to have mercy on them. Plead the blood over them. My mother did that for me. I didn't know enough to seek God. God started seeking me. God started chasing me. And he found me. Someone said, I found it. You didn't find nothing. It found you. But what if my mother hadn't prayed? A lot of more responsibility on us than we'd like to admit. Okay, that's enough of that. Anyway, that's a sinner. Go to Roman, go to John chapter 3. Let's talk about what the gospel is. Now, I understand something. 
I do not like the condition of the United States. But I'll tell you what I do like if God is for me. I don't have to have the whole U.S. dancing to Jesus for me to have a good life. I have a good life, and I will have a good life until the day I die, get raptured, or whatever. Circumstances aren't going to hurt me. I have a very short window now before I leave and before we leave, and I'm not going to botch it worrying about the Democrats and the Republicans. Do you understand that? They're not giving me my joy. I have a joy you can't have. I have a peace you can't have. And you're not taking my peace and my joy away from me. Now, let me tell you about the boys when they're growing up. Anytime that we're going to stick three boys in a vehicle for 12 hours, that's not good. Because they always want to know when they pull out of the driveway, are we there yet? Now, you know how I got them to go? I told them where we're going. I would say, do you boys want to go snow skiing? Yeah! You go get your ski jackets and your bibs and pack your stuff and get in the van. Now, I got to tell you on the boys how Florida boys pack for West Virginia snow. Shorts, muscle shirt, flip-flops, ski bibs, and a ski jacket. Because you can take a boy out of the Florida, but you can't take Florida out of the boy. <laughs> Lisa and I, one day we went in their room when we were up in West Virginia, and she looked through their backpack, and there was nothing warm in there except their jacket and their bibs. And we're like, well, did y'all pack anything warm? Nope. He's thought, well, we might ought to teach them about what, is, what it feels like to be north of the Florida line in the winter. But anyway, that's, that's another story. But here's how we got them to go with us. We told them where we're going. Did you know that because of where we're going, you can hit, keep your joy? Even though the ride right now seems to be quite long and grueling. Jesus is returning. Jesus is returning. Now, I want Trump to return, but I don't know whether that, but I know Jesus is returning. See, I don't know what though. I don't know what's going to happen in America, but I know Jesus is coming back and we won't have to put up with this no more. Hallelujah. Anyway, John 3, 16. The only scripture I knew when I got saved, learning the Baptist church had one star by my name. <laughs> I'm the only kid in there that only has one star. I'm probably the only one that's a preacher now, but I didn't know squat when I was a kid. Now, let's read this because there's a lot of insight into this. If you don't ever learn any scripture, learn this one. I memorize it. For God so loved this world, that'll shock you. Did you know he still loves the world? He loves you. He still loves you. As goofy as you are, he still loves you. But he also loves your in-laws and outlaws. He still loves Putin. Woo! He loves Biden. He loves Hillary. And he loves your mother-in-law. <laughs> Aren't you glad? 
For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Now, the word everlasting life does not mean that Christians live forever and the world does not. Everyone lives forever who ever lived. Every sinner who's ever been here is alive somewhere. And they need to know that. People talk about when I die, you're not going to die. Jesus said, you believe in me, you'll never die. Now, a lost person is still around, but they have never been taught that eternity continues. You won't commit suicide if you realize that it's fixing to get a thousand times worse. And now, you ain't no way to get out of it. That's nuts. But yet, sinners do it all the time because they're looking for an escape. For God so loved this world, he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have zoe. God did not send his son into the world to damn the world, but the world through him might be saved. So what was it like when he walked the earth? How did he treat the sinner? Good. How many good people did he heal? None. There weren't anybody any good. You're still trying to get good so he'll heal you. Listen, he healed you because he's good, not because you're good. He saved you because he's good, not because you're good. But he loved the world. He loved it. And he still loves it. And his way of reaching it is to love you so much that you will give that love away to people just like you were. Let's think about that for a minute. Because we find it hard to even like them. I didn't say God liked what they were doing. But he sure does love them. And he paid a high price for them. Can you look past their sin and see what it's like when they're born again? Can you? I told you this story, and I'm going to finish this in a minute. Before I, before I started pastoring, just because you go to Bible school doesn't mean you're ready. I had to learn that in a hard way. And God got me a job on an all-black crew. Now, understand, I'm not being ethnic. It's just that I'm a white boy, grew up in a white culture, in a white school, in a white church. I had no black friends. And God went, I think it's time for you to broaden your perspective of life. And so he put me on a construction crew, and I'm the only white guy there. They decided I would pay for everything that ever happened to them. In other words, they picked on me a lot. Now, what happens... When you got a tongue-talking, devil-chasing, holy-rolling Christian every day at lunch pulling up a concrete block with a bunch of men that don't know the Lord. Want to know what we talked about? I can't tell you. You'll kick me out of here. We talked about hookers and whores and dope and drugs and sex. and They did. I talked about Jesus. Every, every question they had became a scripture. You know what they said to me? Shut up. They got mad at me. They got ugly with me. I was working with a black man named Omar Walker. He was in the Black Panthers. Hated white people. Hated white people. And I'm working with this guy. He throws mud on me. A couple of years of working with him, he pulls up a concrete block and says, what you got? Now, I don't know what, where we're going with this. I said, I don't know what you mean. I got a pickup truck. I got, he said, no. I want to know what you got. 
I said, I don't understand. What are you asking me? He said, we give you hell. I said, you got that right. He said, you don't rattle. I said, no, no. He said, you have something, and I want it. You want to end racism? Get to know somebody. It's not a black guy. His name's Omar. He's a man. He's a human. Led him, led him to the Lord. Brought him to dinner. Got him filled with the Holy Ghost. Before he died, he pastored a church in Claremont. Yes, sir, and I went there. Did you go to Omar's church? Wow, I led him to the Lord. He was a mean as hell when I met him. Huh? He did it. Yeah, he was mean, mean. Now let me tell you something. How was God going to reach him? Stuck me in the middle of it. You're a light, whether you understand it or not. And God has got you. See, some of y'all are praying that God will get you out of where you are. Don't answer that prayer, God. Leave them there. Because God loves the people you work with. Amen. I'm preaching better than you amen in right now. Let's go down this. God did not send his son in the world to damn it, but the world through him might be saved. He who believes is not damned, and he who does not believe is damned right now because he has not believed in the only begotten son. So if a man or if a woman is on their way to hell, is it their beer and their dope? It is not. Jesus has already died for their sin. So God cannot legally send a man to hell for sinning. That's a heavy statement. So why do people go to hell? They die dead. They're dead in sin. And they need Jesus. Now, can I, I'm going to tell about how, may I? This is Teresa's father. Teresa called me one day and said, um, my dad's in the hospital dying of cancer and he'd like to know if you'd come. He's not a Christian. I said, I'll go. I knew I needed to go. Matter of fact, how's one of the reasons I started Bible school? One of the reasons. You can, I'm not going to step on your feet. I walked in his hotel room. If you've ever seen depression, what do you think it's like to be Hopeless. And he looked at me and said, I'm going to hell. I said, well, no, you're not. He goes, how can you say that? I said, you called me, which means that there is a glimmer of hope. I said, in 30 minutes, your name will be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. He got a little bit mad at me. I said, how? We need to have a talk. He goes, he goes I, I don't believe. People have talked to me about Jesus all my life. He said, I don't believe it. He said, I don't understand it. I said, I don't either. And he looked at me and went, you don't? I said, no, he never called me to understand. He called me to believe. And he looked at me like, Really? I said, yeah, you think I understand death, burial, and resurrection, how God got it? I don't understand all that. 
I said, a lot of things that goes on the internet and Wi-Fi. I said, I don't understand any of that, Hal. I use it, but I don't understand it. And he looking at me like, I mean, he wants to understand God to get saved. You can understand God. And I just looked at him and told him what I just said to you. I said, how? And he's telling me all about how bad he is. I said, that doesn't shock God. I said, how? Not a man on this earth has ever gone to hell for sinning. And he said, he hasn't. I said, no. I said, Jesus already died for everybody on the earth. God can't send a man to hell for sinning. And he's going, what? (laughs) See, he'd never heard good news a day in his life. And I said, come on, I'm going to open the Bible right now. I'm going to read it to you. And I read John 3, 16 through 21. And I said, you're damned not because of your sin. You're damned because, you, because you've never made Jesus Lord. And then I looked at him and I didn't ask him if he believes. I told him he believed. I said, now you know you believe Jesus Christ died on that cross for you, don't you? And he looked at me and said, yes. And I turned to Romans 10. I said, whoever calls on the Lord will be saved. That man grabbed my hand like this. He held it so high, like, oh, my God. And he's shaking. I said, you ready to pray? He said, yes. Now, until you've watched life hit a sinner. And I said, heavenly Father. I do believe Jesus died. I do believe he rose from the dead. I do believe in that. I believe that. And I ask you to be the Lord of my life. And I watched life hit him. And he was instantly born again and filled with the Holy, just full of God. And he stood there and started weeping and crying and singing and laughing and rejoicing. Right in a, I mean, 10 minutes before that, he's going to hell. Now he's on his way to heaven. And, he, and, and I walked out there and he said, oh, this is the best day. <laughs> and I left there and I said, I'll be back. I said, just lay there and enjoy Jesus. And he told me there was a demon in the room. I think if I get it right, there was a demon in the room waiting for him to die that he could see it. We ran that devil off, replaced him with an angel. The gospel's powerful. It's powerful. The gospel is as powerful as the event. So a week later, I'm going back to the hospital. Hal's not there. He's in his house at his ex-wife's house. She put him in the living room in a bed. He still got cancer, and I tried to talk him out of that when he didn't go for that. And I walked in. I said, let's get you filled with the Holy Ghost. She said, no, I've been too bad. I said, "Uh, it ain't about you being bad. And after about 10 minutes, I got him filled with the Holy Ghost, left there speaking in tongues. And I left there, he's praying in the Holy Ghost. Next time I went back, he said, I've had the greatest miracle of my entire life. I thought he was going to tell me he got healed of cancer. He said, all of my family has forgiven me. Folks. If you don't ever get the joy of, of watching a person go from, from hell to heaven, sinner to saint, you're missing most of your life. Yeah. Nothing trumps it. So anyway, they called Hal up to Ohio. Ohio. One night I get a phone call. Pastor Morgan? I said, this is Hal. 
I said, hello, Hal, where are you? He says, I'm in Ohio. He said, I want to go home. I'm thinking Florida, you know. He goes, no, I want to go to heaven. He said, I can't get anybody up here to pray with me. He said, I told him to call you. I said, are you ready to go? He said, I'm ready. We prayed together. Next morning, the phone rings. Four o'clock, angel came and got out and took him to heaven. I sat there and wept and I said, thank you for the opportunity to walk in this man's life. I could stand here today and tell you this a hundred stories of sitting with someone and praying with them to get saved. Now, I'm going to tell you all this. When I first started pastoring, it was hard to stay here knowing that that world out there didn't know the Lord. I went to Russia one time and, and I preached, and I preached on the rich man in hell. 500 people. Not, it, it wasn't me. Got up and ran to the front to be born again. They wanted to drop a life on their tongue. You, folks, it's, it's hard to come home to America when people show up late and don't, half the time don't care. When you got a world dying, going to hell, and would love to have anything to have the gospel preached to. Amen. No slam on y'all, but some of y'all need to get right with God, really. You really do. Oh, that went over like a lead balloon. A man not saved is dead in sin. A man not born again is dead in sin. There's no reason for you to, to bring it up to them. No, no sense in condemning them. They already understand condemnation. Go to Romans chapter 1 for a moment. I'm going to reiterate this a little bit for you. Because, see, we sort of think we have to prove the Bible's true or to convince them. They don't need convincing. They just never had anybody give them good news yet. Do some of them not want it? Yeah, some of them don't. So why do people reject Jesus? They don't want him to be Lord. That's a pretty bad, that's a pretty <laughs> permanent piece of stupid right there. Romans 1, let's see where I am. Verse 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It is the power of God. You say, I need more power. No, you need more gospel. For everyone who believes to the Jew first and the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith that is written the just live by faith. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. Do they know it? Sure they know it. They don't, you don't need to go out and prove in the Bible's true. They already know the Bible's true. They know right from wrong. If you think I'm lying, steal their television. And they'll be calling the cops on you for stealing. But yet they steal. Grab their wife and pinch her. And they'll get mad about that. But yet they commit adultery. 
Do you think that our politicians don't know they're wicked? Well, they're wicked and they know they're wicked. But, but you know what? The, the church dropped the ball preaching the word of God. We should have been raising up churches. We should have been sending Christians out into the marketplace, the highways and the byways, preaching Jesus. I asked the Lord one day, he says, I want you to get involved with these politicians. I said, do you want me to learn politics? He said, absolutely not. He said, they need a pastor. That's why they're messed up. They don't have anybody speaking in their life. When I went up to Tallahassee with Doug and them, they were having a bill. There was a bill trying to be passed that would cause me to have to hire gay people. And I went up there, and when I got up there, all of the pastors, I don't know, what do they call it? You guys are in politics. The way they call you and want to know if you want to come to the podium and say something. And they all passed. My name is M. I'm in the middle of the pack. And, they, and finally she called me, she said, Dr. Morgan. And the man sitting next to me was a preacher. And he grabbed my hand and said, sit down. And I leaned over and I said, get your hand off me. Amen. <laughs> now you can, all these other guys are sissies, but son, you get, you shut up. Some people don't like my personality. I think God does. And I got up there and walked up. They gave me two minutes. And I talked to them about what marriage is, where it came from. And if you don't have God at the marriage, there ain't no marriage. Well, that day they voted in favor of the church. Now, God didn't want me up there being a politician. He wants me to go up there as a Christian. Because I have the light of God on the inside of me. I have the word of God. I have the gospel on the inside of me. I am the light. I don't need to be a politician. I'd have to take a demotion to be a politician. And so would you. If he calls you in that arena, then go be a Christian politician because they're real rare. And don't let them mess you up when you get in there. Anyway, hallelujah, that's enough of that. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has showed it to them. Our gospel is not to explain God, but to give them the word. Give man a choice. Give man an opportunity. Now, I'm saying all this to you. You know why? Because between now and Easter, Easter, we're having a baptism. If you've never been baptized in water, bring your, bring your bathing suit and make sure it's Christian. If not, bring shorts and a tank top and, and we're going we're, we're to baptize. Bring your in-laws, bring your outlaws. Folks, we used to do baptisms in Rock Springs and they stopped it. Because it's a religious thing. Every time we did a baptism at Rock Springs, we'd go down river. Everybody that came down the river would look at us and go, would you baptize me? And I'd say, well, I will if you'll pray with me. And they said, yeah, I'll pray with you. And I mean, we were winning every sinner that came down the river to the Lord because I'm baptizing people. I'd baptize two Christians, four sinners. Baptize one Christian and five sinners. And they finally got wind of it and went, oh, my God, everybody in the town's getting saved. <laughs> that happened when we had our picnic. The people that were in the boat over there that weren't Christians, they all ran over and wanted to get baptized. And we led how many of them? Three or four or five of them to the Lord that afternoon just doing baptisms. 
Amen. We'll get them wet and Jesus will save them. You know, I just let God clean his own fish. You just, you just catch them. Let God, throw them to God. Let him clean them up. Whoa. We could go on and on and on. Acts 26. How do you get saved? Acts 26, 19. Acts 26, 19. We got a whole lot of, we got a whole lot of stuff. I, man, Lord, I'm already out of time and running into, I'm into grace. Y'all know the Baptist left five minutes ago to the restaurant. Exactly 12 o'clock. Sorry, I'm not a Baptist. <laughs> you aren't either. Let me read this to you. Verse 19, therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision, but declared first to those in Damascus and Jerusalem and throughout all the region of Judea and the Gentiles that they would repent, turn to God, and do works befitting repentance. Now, we don't have time to get into works. You are saved in order to do works. You don't do works in order to get saved. But you are not saved to come to church and show up and call yourself a Christian. You are to grow up and become a son of God. God's got things for you to do. There are people I will never reach. And you will. You are the answer to the United States. You are God's hope. Like at work. Ain't nobody there but me. And I can tell you story after story. Let me tell you another one. I'm working in Tulsa, Oklahoma. My boss is Italian. Have you ever worked with an Italian? They're such a hot head. You could stick their head in a coffee pot and boil water. Her name was Jan Henderson. God, she was a handful. And one day I'm praying about ministry, and the Lord said, Jan's not saved. I said, well, who cares? I'm talking to you about ministry, God, not Jan. Come on, y'all. I hadn't always been this smart. And he said to me, until she gets saved, don't talk to me about ministry. And I went, that's not right. That's not right. And I had to learn that day that ministry was people, not a place. And every day I went off and prayed for Jan's salvation. I can't leave Tulsa. A hot-headed Italian gets saved. And I prayed for Jan and I prayed for Jan. I mean, I pushed every button, pulled every lever, you name it, I did it. One day I walked back in my office and Jan said, where do you go to church? I said, glory to God. I said, Grace Fellowship. She goes, well, I want to be there Sunday. I said, oh, thank you, Jesus. Well, they had a prayer room in the back to pray for people. She came in the church, and I went to the prayer room. I came out, and I said, I asked, I said, did, did Jan get saved? And they went, nope. And I went, go. Three weeks later, she walked forward and got born again. I went, I can leave Tulsa. And I walked out, and the Lord said, her husband, Scott's not saved. 
I said, I ain't waiting on Bobby Andy, and by God, I'm going to do this myself. I did, I did. I got, I got so exasperated. You guys are keeping me here. And so her husband was out there, and, and he was doing something. I walked up, and I said, Scott, have you ever considered Jesus? He said, I've been thinking about it. And I said, I'm going to grab a Bible. I need to get you saved. And I led him to the Lord. Y'all think I've always been like this? No, God made me like this. And they said, we want you to come to dinner at tonight. And I went, I'll, I'll be there. And I came over to Scott and Jay. They just got saved, starting to go to church. They brought a guy named Ron. Ron was a huge car salesman. And they wanted him saved. And I led him the Lord over mashed potatoes and fried chicken. And then he taught me how to buy a car and save thousands of dollars. And the next week I walked out of the Oldsmobile showroom with a brand new Cutlass Supreme. God decided to pay me for my efforts. Maybe if you got somebody saved, you'd get some new car yourself. And then there was a Spanish guy there, a Mexican. And I just walked up to him and spoke in tongues. I don't know. I don't, I don't speak Spanish at the time. I didn't even know con, donde está el baño at that time. Yo quiero que con And I looked at him. I said, you comprende? And he said, si. Sí. And I went, glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord said, you're going to get an invitation from Orlando. You're going to Orlando. Get out of here. Come on, y'all. Pastor in this church is not the most fun I've ever had. Sitting with a guy on a concrete block and watching him come out of darkness to light. It's the greatest joy I've ever experienced this side of heaven. Am I right, Lenny? You have no idea. And so right now as a church, I'm sensing in my heart that God is trying to get more of y'all out there. I understand there's a lot going on in the world. But right now, priority one is to get people saved. You say, I don't know how. Listen, John three sixteen through 21, and pray in the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Spirit will help you. He'll show you stuff. He'll help you love people that aren't lovely. He'll help you minister to people you don't know a whole lot about. And he'll even give you all kinds of miracles to win them. You want to see miracles? Get involved in lost people. And I'll tell you something they can't deny. If you can't do anything, love them. Just love people. Just love people. We're going to be gone soon off the planet the only thing you can take with you is people I want you to make sure right now your kids are with you don't get in condemnation make sure your wife is with you make sure your husband's with you start praying God cannot answer a prayer you don't ask it's like Jan would have gone to hell why did God need me I asked him this, why don't you just save her? He said, I can't. I need you to ask me. God's limited by our prayer life. I want to not put you in condemnation, but I want to stir you. You need to make a list of people you know, people you work with. And you need to walk into work and go, I'm in the mission field right now. No matter how much money I make, these people need Jesus. Everywhere I've ever worked, when I left, people were born again. 
Now, if I can do it, all of us can do it. Job number one. You say going to all the world? Not Africa, not India. Maybe Apopka. You are the light of the world. You. You. You can do this. Y'all ready to pray? In a moment, I'm going to pray if there's anybody in here that doesn't know the Lord. Don't leave today. Walk up here and pray. Come on. Get right with God. Get in. Just meet Jesus. That's all. Just meet Jesus. A lot of, we're going to spend, I want to spend more time on this because many of you have already started witnessing and you're getting stumped. Sinners are easy. Can I tell you one more story? I'd love to tell stories and I'm sorry. I just love to tell them. I'm working with this boy one day and he's crazy, crazy, goofy kid. And we're painting an apartment. And I walked up to him and I said, do you like my pickup truck? He says, yeah, I like your pickup truck. I said, well, if you ever come to work and my pants and my shirt and my underwear and socks and shoes are laying there, you can have my truck. (laughs) And he says, well, thank you. I said, you're welcome. And I went back to painting. About 10 minutes later, he comes in the room and he goes, where are you going without your underwear? Y'all have no idea how much fun centers are. Centers are fun. I said, well, if the rapture takes place, I'm going to be with Jesus' tribulation period starting. Antichrist is going to take over the world. And then I was going to, he said, I don't want to be here in the Antichrist. I said, you mean you want to get saved? And he goes, yes. I miss centers. That's why some of y'all, that's why I like some of y'all. When, when Zach comes walking in here smoking dope, I like Zach. He's just being a hellbound whatever, you know. He's just a he, little heathen boy. It's easy to love people. God loves everybody. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. We had a good time in church this morning, and we came in here and opened up your word. Father God, you love this world we live in. There's a lot of stuff going on. We don't like it. But we're in it. And now we're, we're here for a purpose. We may or may not be able to stand on a platform like Jonathan Shuttlesworth and preach to hundreds and hundreds of people. We may never be able to go to India, Africa, or Russia like Reinhard Bonnke did. We may never become a TL. But Heavenly Father, there's people and you love each individual person as much as you love the masses and the multitudes. When you were on the earth, you met the woman at the well. You did not condemn her. You loved her. You met the woman caught in adultery. You loved her. You met Matthew, a tax collector, and you brought him into your group with you, and he became an apostle. Father God, all around us every day, we're meeting people with problems. I pray that we would learn. We would learn how when they walk up and they need prayer for a reason, that we would learn how to minister to them. We ask you to give us the grace right now to reach our world for Jesus, the world we live in. I thank you for this church. In Jesus' name, amen. If you don't mind, I'd like to continue this next Sunday. I'm going to talk about winning this world to Jesus or maybe just loving the world. Y'all have a good day. Praise the Lord.
Amen. As our altar workers are coming forward, if you're here today and you don't ever remember saying, Jesus, come in and be the Lord of my life. I believe that you died on the cross, Romans 10, 9, and 10. I believe that you died for me. I believe that your shed your blood was shed for me. I confess you as Lord personally. It's not enough just to believe God is and exists. The devil believes that. But if you don't ever remember saying that, come forward this morning. Go, I believe that for myself. You remember him saying in John 3, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. Amen. He's not here to judge you. He's already judged you in sin. But there's coming a time when God the Father will judge unrighteousness for all those who have not accepted him. Amen. It's easy. It's easy. Just say, God, I believe. Jesus is the Son of God, and he died for me. If you have a prayer request for any other reason, the Bible says in Matthew and Mark and Luke and John, in all four different places, it says, if any two shall agree on earth as touching anything they ask, it shall be done for them of my Father in heaven. We don't want to just rush home and say, okay, let's go go eat. If you need prayer, they're here to pray with you, to help you. Amen. The rest of you, just please file quietly out while people are being prayed for. Go support Rosa. Go buy some tacos. Leave a big tip. Do whatever. She's going to Honduras to preach the gospel in July. So don't just pay your four bucks for tacos. Go bless her. She's taking a, a, a couple people probably with her and she's going to the mountain towns and preaching the gospel and helping those people grow amen so just go out there and bless her and we'll see you tonight Six we hope you enjoyed this message by word of life church we just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com from our youtube channel to our podcast to our soundcloud and many more events We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big Give Now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.